to get to have them here tonight is a, it beyond a joy for both of us. It's a treasure. It's something that I will never forget, even if, it's, even if we say, like, terrible advice from the rest of the night forward, which, which won't happen because these guys are incredible. Um, so they'll help, help clean up anything we, we, any theology or anything we mess up here. But what a, what a gift for us to have you guys here for, for just this moment. Um, I think we got a couple pictures. What we might do just real quick is just talk a little bit about, a little bit about the journey, and then we're going to get in tonight. Prepare yourselves. We're going to go into a Q&R, which is questions and response. We don't do Q&A around here. Anybody know why? We don't always. That's right. Go. We don't always have the answer, but I, I will always have a response. Yeah, you better believe it. I'm always going to say something. But, but we're going to give you guys the opportunity tonight to text questions in uh, about love relationships and singleness. Uh, and what I want to get that number to you and that word to you right now, so as we're talking a little bit about how we know each other and some of our history before we go to the questions, you can already be thinking and texting your questions. So can you help me? Can we put that slide on the screen so that way you guys can get it locked in? If you text all one word, LWY, love, love somebody, to 97000, 97,000, like Wes likes to say, a little easier, I guess. Um, it, yeah, it is what it is. 97,000. What will happen is if it, you'll get a, a response back that says something like, hey, thanks for, thanks for texting. You can now text your anonymous questions to that thread. And throughout the rest of the night, you can text anonymous questions to that thread about love relationships and singleness. And there's a lot of you in here. We're not going to be able to answer all of them tonight. Obviously, we're going to do our best to answer as many as we can um, between the four of us. Uh, so get that ready. You can begin to think through. And that will be open all night. And we'll, we'll kind of scroll through some of that. But in the meantime, you guys got the number, you got the word, everybody good? You got it in your phones? I'm going to give you five seconds, five, four, three, two, one, cool. All right, we got some pictures of uh, some history here, just, uh, there's a couple, that I, I, I tried to find a few more, but we got a, we got a couple, did you, did, did you, got, you got a couple up there? I'm not sure which ones are in what order, and that's okay. Let's put, let's put up, uh, let's put up, uh, you got, I think Pastor Kyle baptized you. That, that happened. What, how old were you? Summer after my freshman year of high school. <laughs> you guys just witnessed like a beautiful, regular part of our marriage right there. Uh, does that, do we have those pictures or no? Oh, there it is. Cool. Oh, little, little baby I Holly. Think... What year were you? Oh, yeah. Is it, is it on? Is this on? Yeah. I mean, baby Holly and baby Kyle. Yeah. Because... Access Youth Ministries, 20, no, 2004. It's like 2014. I was like, we were married? 2004. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 16 years ago. Uh, a couple more. Check, there's, check. There he is. There he is. A uh, couple more. There's, I think there's another one of, uh, I don't actually remember which ones I sent now that I'm thinking about it. We went through. Oh, and graduation. High school graduation. Are these all Holly? Probably, Is yeah. I tried to, you also baptized, I'm pretty sure you baptized me at Whitewater Rafting Camp. It's possible. <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm glad it was as memorable for you as it was for me. Cool. That's good. Um, this is our student leadership team. Uh, you will have to look really close. We had a, what was this night? This was some kind of. What is happening? That had to have been like an 80s night. You can't really see. That's terrible. I'm up here awesome. in the spandex pants right here. Right here. And then Holly, we both have matching headbands because Holly picked out our outfit at the time. Pastor Kyle Marcia looking incredible down here. We weren't together, but you, you and I were friends at that stage. How old was that? Sophomore year? 
for me and junior junior for you? Had to be. You guys were friends for a long time, actually. We, yeah. Friend zone, friend zone, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Still, we're still healing from some of that. Uh, oh, and this is our wedding. These guys married us as well. Um, obviously, one of the most important days of our important days of our entire lives. Got to have them be a part of that day. They married us, and then I think I don't know if there's any more, but oh, and we got our dog together. We also got a puppy together. We all <laughs> we had decided that we're family. Our puppies are siblings. Our puppies. My dog. If anybody knows, we have a dog named Remington. He's half yellow lab, half German short hair pointer. Our current dog. That's him as a puppy. They got his sister. They got his sister. So we got Sadie. Puppy. No, Sadie, Sadie girl. May. Yeah, Sadie May. Uh, so there's there's so many more pictures and so many more videos, but for the for the sake of time, yeah, videos are there at some point somewhere on the internet. I'm sure. <laughs> But these guys are our lead pastors uh, down in the Modesto, Modesto area. One church is the name of the church. We served under them for five and a half years uh, before moving to Olympia. So we were on their team before Pastor John and Font called Holly and I and said, hey, would you pray about coming to Olympia from California to be youth pastors? Um, and they were, they were the people we were a part of the journey with for that season. So 14 years of my life, half of my life, I'm 28 has been connected to these two in the equal amount of years for you, um, but you're a year older than me, so that's the math. Um, so, so one church, Modesto, but it's really one church now. It's multiple locations. How many campuses are, has, does, does one church have right now that's, that are in motion? So we have six campuses right now. Yeah. We're planting a seventh in October, and then we have two, like, language campuses. Yep. So technically nine, co- well, technically Eight, I can add six plus two, eight congregations. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, and uh, and they are some of they are like world class people, but also like world class leaders, and uh, that's who we got tonight. So, uh, they're here. Anything, anything about? I mean, there's probably a lot of things that you could uh, remember. I hope you don't remember, you know, things that you don't need to remember at this point right here, right now. But oh, I only remember things I shouldn't remember. <laughs> But I can only think of every story I cannot wait to share. Oh, is this is this <laughs> mic on? Oh, yeah, check, that's check. On. Okay. So how much details or dirt do we want to go here? Not that much. We don't even don't know think... what question you're asking, but immediately we're ready to share something. Yeah. Uh, is there any, anything from our journey that, yeah, stands out from a, a story or anything from have our you, past that... Have you shared the story of you stalking Holly as, like, an, an eighth grader or a ninth grader? I don't, know if I, I don't know if I use as much stalking as much as, like, passionately pursuing, like, right? Because <laughs> there's a difference. So, yeah. It, well, it worked. I mean, we have to acknowledge so, it worked. Hello, Let's three go, kids baby. Later. Let's go. Uh, but I, I remember a story where, where Chase thought it was uh, appropriate to call Holly uh, from the park bench behind the her house, like a park, like You've looking at You've heard this story saying, yet? Oh, this like, is so a good one. He calls oh, the house. He's, you know, he's basically. Hold on, I in have the a wrought park. iron fence, so you can see through my yeah. parents. He back can see fence. into the backyard. So he calls. Of the he's house. like, "Hey, what what's up?" You know, and then he's like, "Hey, nice shirt." Yeah. I was trying to I was trying to let her know like I paid attention to detail. Like yeah. I cared about yeah. the details. She's like, Where are you? Oh, I'm just behind your house. You know, looking Staring in your backyard. You, calling you creepily. It sounds way creepier now. It way creepy. if any of you did that and I heard that, I would be like, drop them. Drop them now. So one of my favorite things that Chase doesn't even know about this. Pastor Chase doesn't even know this, but one time, um, Pastor Chase and his best friend Riley, have you heard about Riley? Okay. 
So Pastor Chase and Riley both were fairly obsessed with Pastor Holly for like, you know, all of high school. And they always, they both were kind of like, no, I get her, no, I get her, no, I get her. And the ironic thing was Holly was like, neither of you get me, but whatever. Um, so one time, one of you used my laptop. Yeah. And you were emailing back and forth to each other a text, an email thread about why you were the one that deserved Holly and the other one isn't. It's the other girl. Either way, this is what happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't what, close this, what you didn't close this so far, email thread. So far, I know it's not me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to call Riley after this and be like, dude. So what, what, what happened was Holly would not give Chase, well, friend zone. Remember? Lots of friend zone. So too, much friend too zone. Too much friend zone. <laughs> um, and Holly would not give Chase the time. So at some point, Chase decides to... So if you're remembering this, it okay, might be about Natalie. Th- okay, well, here's the embarrassing part, I think. They left it open on my computer, and I read it all, the entire thread, and then I just treasured it in my heart for a day that I could share to all of you. So That's terrible. I wish it were about Holly now. Man, it's just been a long time. Yeah, I no. couldn't even tell you what it was. I just remember it being like, so, no, but, it's but, me, no, it's But me. Chase me. never let go of his eighth-grade crush. Yeah. Because you were at summer camp, yeah. and you felt like the Lord spoke to you. Have you shared that? <laughs> I mean, God told me I'm supposed to marry you. I mean, how many of you guys have heard that before, okay? Well, it actually worked. <laughs> Don't like, give I'm up. The Lord actually spoke to you. I felt like he did. I think he did. It was a little creepy then. It's perfect now. It makes, it makes so much. You guys, these two people, their patience with, you weren't that difficult. You were you were pretty. I had, I had a few. You had some. I'm saying you had some drama. You had some dr- some friendship drama I had for friendship a little drama. bit. I know none, none of you guys and have I liked that older in youth group now, but you what? I liked an older person at one point. Yeah, you did. That I had. Multiple, I'm getting nervous now. I remember those conversations. Yeah, you were into yeah. older guys for some reason. We had to help Chase you. understand that it wasn't the end of the world when when Holly started liking this older guy. Yeah. Um, he could drive and yeah. like all those. <laughs> I mean, not really, but he kind of was like a kind of bad boy a little bit. He was. He, this, he, was he, a bad, he was a bad boy. And I did not bring a bad boy vibe to the table. You did not in your pink tr- color. You never had a bad boy vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to have a bad boy vibe so bad, but I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. But So, so there, I, I like the story. <laughs> you the video? Who said that? We're not. There, you, somehow, somehow. Somehow a music video that should have died a long time ago. Some, somehow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> somehow it, it has appeared into some of these circles and I, it still won't die. It's over 10 wow. years old. <laughs> yeah. The patience that they had with us throughout our journey as high school students and then uh, intern. So this is one of the more monumental ones in that like Pash Comercia had like an intern program that was two years long. People, people, you know, did some schooling with it, and, I mean, just incredible program. And I was like, I'm in this. God's calling me to it. And then six months in, decided that, like, whether it was God or myself or whatever I reasoned together, I quit. A, a one-year commitment, two-year program, but nobody just did one year, so it really was, like, a two-year program. And I quit the internship. And, like, nobody had really done that up to that point. That was, like, a really big deal because we were really, really close throughout high school and uh, and I remember that, but the way the way that so this is big. This is we'll get to the relationship thing right here. I promise. The way that these two 
uh, shepherded me, walked me through uh, a season of, like, disappointment. They were like, this guy, we love this guy. He's going to do our intern program. And I said, yes, God called me to it. I was in it. And then things, things started to get really, really difficult, and I started second-guessing some things. And I really did feel like I was wrestling with, like, maybe the Lord didn't call me, and I was just trying to do it to please them or something. All of that was beginning to circle around. But I quit a commitment that I had made early. And so one of my biggest regrets to this day is not at least being a man of my word and finishing that year, but the way that they walked me through that and still loved me and pursued me and didn't be like, well, forget you. You're not doing our thing, so we're not going to worry about you and your life and what God's going to do. We'll find somebody else. Uh, I'll never forget. It formed me in a way that, like, I'll never forget how I I saw the Father's heart through both of these guys because of how they they treated me during that time to the point that we, we ended up you know, coming back on your team, uh, on staff at the, at the church that we were at, and then they invited us to come down to Modesto and be on, on staff with them for five and a half years. And then we went through it all over again to some degree two and a half years ago and coming up here. And the way that you you guys trusted the Lord through that process, because it probably wasn't easy either that time, but you let the Lord lead us to the response that God did call us to be up here, and you loved us through it, and you didn't just write us off and say, like, cool, good luck in Olympia. We love you, but we got some things to do here. But you you walked that process out with us, and you honored Pastor John and Vaughn in that process. I mean, I can't, you guys won't, you don't understand probably what I'm saying, but I can't, it's just not common the way that these guys handled that, that whole season in our lives. And we'll never forget uh, the way you led and loved Jesus and loved people bigger than your own selves in your own vision through that time because that's why we can still sit up here today and have this this moment with you tonight so thank you for pouring into us i'm sure as we answer some of these questions tonight there'll be some more things that that come come out through through answering about our journey together maybe even holly and i but we have a privilege tonight to have these guys in the house with us are you ready yeah can i say one yep say it well, first of all, it was really hard to see Holly go two and a half years ago. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> it was. Um, I just want you guys to know how incredible these two are. You are so blessed to have them as your pastors. Um, and it has been an incredible blessing to be here for the last two hours just watching you and them, or you and them. And um, I, I really don't think that I could put two more perfect people in front of you and say, follow them as they follow Jesus. These are the ones, these are the world changers, um, and uh, you don't often know what you have while it's there, and um, I just want you to know that these two people are incredible, and listen to them, follow them. They know what they're talking about, you know. I think that some of the advice that we probably shared tonight is when um, we, were in your, we were in their seat and they were in your seat, and you know, we tried to say certain things, and at the same time, we wanted them to figure it out for themselves, and so that's now kind of what they're doing. They're like, hey, we've been where you're sitting before. Listen, but then they want you to own it too. So anyway, I'm excited for these questions, but I did want to just affirm that, hey, these are the best people I could ever say, go follow them and model your life after them, and so you've got them, so. We love you. Thank you. Ooh, all right. Here we go. You guys ready? Love, relationships, and singleness Q&R part one. We'll have a part two in two weeks. So don't freak out if, you're, if your question doesn't get answered. Um, we'll have a part two in two weeks. Next week is a, is a night all about breakups and rejection. Um, so a great night to come and just 
for your own life or for the people around you. But tonight, we'll get in some of these questions here. Uh, let's go with, <laughs> let's go with, uh, there's a couple that are going to be, there's a couple that are going to come in, I'm sure, that are funny. First question is, how do I get such? I was hoping you'd take this one. <laughs> uh, how do I get such big muscles like you, Chase? Listen, <laughs> listen, you come, you work out with Holly, I promise you'll, you'll get, you'll get I some muscles. I hesitated to come up here in a t-shirt next to him, but. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I really like your t-shirt. I didn't read it. Okay, we were just at a marriage conference. <laughs> Listen, this is not normally what he wears. We were just at a marriage conference, and they gave him this. Okay. And so I'm like, awesome. you should wear that today because they gave it to you yesterday. So, <laughs> so anyways, good. just FYI. I just sit up here and wave. <laughs> I'm just here, right? Uh, okay, question. How do you know someone is the one? You didn't answer the other question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said, like, work out with Holly. Yeah, you got to work out with training. Wimberly. There it is. I didn't even put... Wimberly training. My wife, my wife will make you wish you never met her. So I also used to train Pastor Kyle every once in a while. Yes, hardcore. Cole, Cole's there. Cole's Cole. there too. Cole does personal training. Cole, yeah, you, you get one on one stuff with Cole there. Uh, um, okay, question. People, people, a lot of people ask questions like this. I love, I'd love for us to take a take a stop at this one. How do you know someone is the one? Okay, I'm going to start at the end and go backwards. Quickly. The minute you say I do, they are the one. Good. Okay, so once you say I do, they're the one. And they are it. They're they are your it. standard. That's right. So at that point, like, let's just say you wake up the next day and think, oh, my goodness, what did I do? Like, now you get to spend the rest of your life learning to love them right. And letting them learn to love you right. Okay? So, but so I know the question you're really asking. So if That's your not type, really what you're asking. If your type is... You know, beautiful, brown hair, about five foot three. Uh, I mean, if that's who you married, that's your Are type. Are you talking about because I'm definitely five five? Are you? No. <laughs> For sure. Trust me, no longer five five. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Keep going. Okay. Because I know how tall our son is. He's almost taller than you. But you say it a lot. Um, Real quick, just so these guys, how long have you been married? 17, 17 years. Okay, so make sure. Busy, busy. What, we did don't you know say? what did you say? 17 21 years. years. No, no okay. idea. Um, I'm not that old. Five foot three. Um, you say it a lot. Yes. Once you say I do, that person is now your type. That's right. Everything yeah. about them is what you now like. And again, that sounds it sounds like we're saying it backwards. You need to make that call long before you get married. But That's really what you're asking. I get it. Like, I get that you're saying. That's the question. But just for what it's worth, the minute you say I do, they are the one. I think, like, you... First of all, I used to believe there was one person out there that was, like, destined to be mine. This idea of, like, a soulmate, right? Like, God has one perfect person for me. And I wish I could tell you I still believe that. I just i am not sure that's what the word of God teaches. Like, God gave Adam Eve. Outside of that, he basically looks at us and says, there are some, like, boxes that you should live inside of, really important things. Like, not to be unequally yoked. So let's say I love Jesus, that I really, somebody else that has that same passion for Jesus, you need, to, you need to marry within that box, right? There are things like that. But other than that, I do believe that God basically lets us make some decisions about who we choose to be with, who we choose to marry. And then he says, that's great. That's a great decision. Now go make it great. And so I don't believe there's just one I wish I did. I cry. I like kind of hurts my heart that I'm saying this out loud, but it's true. Um, but I think the most important things you need to determine what those things are, 
And then ask yourself questions like this. If I'm going to argue with somebody for the rest of my life, do I want to argue with you? You know? If I'm going to spend time every day for the rest of my life with somebody, do I want it to be you? And then, like, all the other really important things I think you need to know about, like, do we have the same beliefs? Are they patient? Do they, you know, I'm talking a lot, but. If you can fall into love, you can fall out of love, right? Um, And so the better way to say it is love is a decision. It's a verb. Um, Daily you make a decision to love someone and to respond in love. And so I'm not taking away all the Hollywood in it, like that just the perfect story, the perfect relationship. We've talked a lot about that because I feel like we have that. I feel like they have that. But that also, what makes it also so special is all the work, all the decision, all the just commitment that isn't all um, just romantic feelings of it all. So it's really good. What did we miss? Fix our answer. No, this is perfect. I I agree. I agree with it all. I'm going to do this one and then we'll go to this one. Uh, and then whoever wants to answer, you guys can answer. You can answer. This one's this one's a unique one. I felt like this at different seasons, and I, I've had some conversations with some of you about this question right here. What do you do if you like two people? Everybody with me so far? And you don't know which one to go with, or which one, maybe which maybe, one which one wants you? Ma- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Very I'm, important. Yeah, that is important. I was gonna say. I'm sure if there's anybody that's got a similar story as me, like, they both don't. So there's a way. <laughs> what do you do there? How do you figure out? Uh, but what do you do if you like two people, you don't know which one to go with? How, how you know, I think that that's an interesting one. There's, I think, the options thing, how, how, do, you, how do you decide which one? I, any, anybody, any thoughts to that one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a very personal example of that. So I was, because everybody liked Holly. They did. All the guys were like, Holly's so pretty. She was she was one of the youth group uh, standards. Um, so in college, Holly was the it girl for sure. Okay, in college, I beautiful. I couldn't even focus during <laughs> worship. It's like Jesus, you're so good, but so is she. Okay, <laughs> so in college, there was this guy that I liked. We were about to start dating, and I was standing at the top of our hill at, in college. Chase was in Northern California with him. I was in Southern California. We were friends. Just friends at that point. I kind of liked him. He had no <laughs> clue I liked him. Yeah, yeah, no, because this is why. So a lot of points. I was standing at the top of this hill walking down going like, do I really, really want to start dating this guy that I know is about to like, we're officially start, about to enter a relationship. Do I like actually really, really like him? I don't know. If Chase Merrill and this guy were standing at the bottom of, their, at the bottom of this hill, both on their knee, going to propose to me, which one would I say yes to? And I was like, Chase Merrill. Duh. I was like, oh, oh, I don't think I should start dating this guy. Oh, I, th- oh, I think I might like Chase. This is a problem because I don't think we ever have a shot together. So this is going to be awkward. So long story. But, but so that for me, really tangible answer of like, okay, if they were both to propose to me right now and I thought like, who do I really want to spend the rest of my life with? I would really want to spend the rest of my life with him because of his characteristics and we had no shot of a relationship at that point in my mind. Because really, the, tides, the tides had turned. Like, I was really, I was not interested. I was, we were yeah. literally platonic friends, and you had begun to have I that. I had pictures of you all over my dorm room. Yeah, you were really kind of creepily obsessed with me. I, was super, <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you, but. It wasn't weird. Um, before, 
Do you have a thought on that one? Well, I was just going to say, um, Hunger Games. Anybody seen Hunger Games? Okay, did she make the right choice or the wrong choice at the end? Okay, PETA. I mean, what's Liam's name? Gail. I mean, I mean, who is she supposed to decide? I mean, I, I feel like she made the wrong choice. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Who's on the Gail side? Who's on the PETA side? Oh, my goodness. So I don't know that I, I mean, I'm glad this is question and responses because I don't have an answer. So you have one. no answer. You just had an example of it. <laughs> Thank you. <Just> disappointment. <laughs> uh, okay, before we answer this one, I, want, I, have a, I have a part B to that one because I have, this is a situation that I hear a lot and I experienced in high school. What if, at what point do you let go? So like, so your scenario, right? What, so your scenario was this guy and then what if Chase proposed and I would say I would, you know, but what if, in the situation, what if I never did? At what point, how do you process someone that, like, when do you know it's time to stop liking somebody and move on or let go? Maybe we talk about that. Any, any thoughts to that? How, how, how does somebody in here know, like, okay, I need to, I need to let go of this thing and not, not have a different kind of hope or dream that something is going to happen with this person? Okay, practically speaking, anytime you're obsessing about somebody and it's overwhelming your brain, your thoughts, your time. I would say that in general, that's a good time to be like, okay, I'm probably too emotionally involved right now. So, um, and like, especially if you're not at a stage of life where you're actually potentially maybe going to be able to get married soon, right? Because then you're really just like tormenting yourself for a long time. And so when you're in that moment where it's just, like, obsessive to you and, like, you know, all you think about all day long and you write their name or whatever, I would just say whatever you can do to help. And letting go doesn't mean never having hope necessarily. It just means, like, learning how to turn your attention and your focus elsewhere, spending time doing other things, having other friends, other hobbies or whatever, just so that you're not all wrapped up in something that, like, is an imaginary world that they don't even know they're a part of, you know? Like, that's cre- That's kind of crazy. So, and I've been there. Um, so I would say, like, first of all, you don't want to go there. But in terms of, like, at what point do you let go? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that it's hard to change the way you feel. Uh, time does that. But so rather than just try to stop feeling something for somebody, I would just encourage you to add, add things to your life, add stuff like this, yeah. a great youth group. Um, what do you call them? Small groups? Life groups. <laughs> life yeah. groups. Life. Yep. Um, life groups. That sounds incredible because then you're building relationships with other people. Um, going on a mission trip. I just think sometimes people, when they like somebody, that becomes it and everything. It becomes the center of their focus. And I just think, you know, rather than focusing, oh, I just got to stop feeling what I do, just add other great things to your life and see if that completes the picture. And at the end of the day, I think that honors God, and he tends to work things out when you um, add the right things yeah. that, that are centered on him especially. Yeah, that's great. Next question here is, is, is it bad to be afraid that you will never find a truly good guy? So coming from a girl, is it bad to have that fear that you're not going to ever find a good guy or the right guy? Maybe I'll just put it on. Anyone want to speak to that? Fear is normal, but you feel the fear, and then you tell yourself the truth. Yeah, that's really good. So you're only going to not end up with a good person if you choose a bad person. So actually, you're in 100% control over that fact. And there are great, great men out there, young men out there. 
if you're patient. The only way this becomes the fact, I think, is if, one, you get impatient and you start dating somebody that isn't, because you're going to marry somebody that you date. I don't know. Most nowadays, people don't just marry somebody they've never dated, right? So, so don't date a bad guy and you won't marry the bad guy. So, but then let's just say you're like, listen, I'm not dating. My fear is not that I'm going to marry a bad guy. It's just I'll never find a good one. I just think that's so normal. First of all, I think that's so normal. I can remember, I got married pretty young, but I can still remember so many nights laying in bed worrying. I wonder if I was supposed to say yes to like being in a relationship with this person because I'm with nobody now and they're pretty good. And so I was always concerned I missed the one. What if I missed the one? What if I went to the wrong college and my future husband's at this other call? I just was always so worried I was going to miss the right one. And I would just encourage you, like, that is, A, you have nothing to fear. Walk with Jesus and, like, everything, you just keep walking with Jesus and you're going to find he takes you to where you need to go, with the right people you need to be, and be patient. He sees it all. He knows it all. So that would be my encouragement. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I'm going to ask another question about pre-dating, but around that. And then the next one we're going to hit for people that are in here that are dating that have a specific question. But this one is, how do you respect your parents' or guardians' boundaries regarding dating at a certain age? And just the whole world of that. I assume this is like they, they don't want you to date until you get to a certain age. Is that sure. Maybe, where maybe let's from? take it to two, two sides. That and then like the they have certain boundaries that they're like their structure for how they think you should date. Versus maybe like how you would want to date, right? So there's an age, there's an age, that's that's the question. But I, I know just from knowing some of these conversations that I've had with students, there's also that like, I really want to honor my parents, but like it seems like what they're asking is really unre- like unrealistic and it's, it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like they're, you know, so just speak to that from your guys' lens and then if you've got any thoughts. I think God has put parents and guardians in our lives for a reason. Um, one day you're going to more than likely have children and you're going to hope that they honor you the way you honored those people in your life. You're going to hate it if you planted seeds um, earlier in life that you you reap, you inherit later in life. I mean, big, big thing. Think about that because um, that's a big deal. And then in the midst of it, if you do want you know, work from the end, if you do want to have a relationship with your children in which they honor and respect what you you know might see as best. And I would say try to reconcile that at an early age have conversations, walk with them through it. Um, if you set the pace for maturity, if they see in you, uh, you know, mature sanity of thought in this area, things like, this comes to mind, you know, this statement, uh, everything you can do in the context of a romantic relationship besides the physical, you can do as friends. You can talk on the phone till all hours of the night. You, you can spend all kinds of time together. They can be Everything, just like uh, maybe a boyfriend or girlfriend might be. But the, the point is what, what takes it to that different level is the physical. And that's the part that probably scares the parents and the guardians more than anything else. And so, honestly, I would just say if you can lead the way and say, Mom and Dad, this is what I think. You know, hey, I, I'm not trying to date anybody. I'm not trying to be in like a, a romantic relationship. I'm just trying to get to know people, uh, you know, of the opposite sex. And I'm trying to be friends with, you know, my brothers and my, you know, my sisters, whoever you are. I just think that sounds more mature, and I think that you can help your parents just go on a journey with you. Maybe they'll start to trust you in a different way and, and adjust their expectations. I would just I would just walk closely with them. 
Let them see that you actually are trying to see it from their point of view. That's the quickest way to get them to come to your side of things, too. So, Yeah, that's really good. You said something there I want to key in on because it's not just for relationships, but, like, when, when you lead the way, I don't know how you said it, you lead the way in maturity. Like, you're, you're, you don't even give them the opportunity to, like, you're, you're, you're helping set the pace. Maybe that was what, you're setting the pace with the world of maturity. Like, you're, you're bringing it to them rather than, like, waiting for them to kind of figure some things out. I think is so good. And I, I want to challenge you in more ways with parents and guardians. Because, listen, I also know not all y'all have Christian parents or guardians that, like, love Jesus and, like, want his best for your life. So you're also in these different worlds where it's, like, they have these crazy things or they don't even care at all. Like there's, so how do I, do I even have boundaries when they don't care if I have boundaries? You know, that's a, that's a probably represented in the room here too. But I think you setting the pace with maturity in, in the way that you're the one bringing it to them rather than them telling you, I think is a great, is a great piece. Um, to that world of boundaries in a relationship, uh, this question gets asked, gets asked every, every time and I love it. And this was the number one question we wanted to know in high school in the dating world was just that world of the physical, right? How, the question always is this question, how far how far can you go physically in a relationship? That, you know, the, the person that asked this doesn't say it, but they, I'm sure that they are inferring it to some degree. How far can you go physically, but like still honor God in your relationship? Um, and m- maybe we can speak to it. We'd love to hear you guys speak to it. And then, yeah, if you have any thoughts too. How, how far can you go physically before marriage in a relationship? Oh, you're going to just pass that off to me. <laughs> I'll just say that, you know, I think this is one of those questions that maybe it's being approached from, you know, like, the wrong point of view. And, and I think there is, on some level, I, I don't think there's a, a hard line, but there is a line that you can see. And, and maybe you could tackle the line thing. But, but like, I, I, would, I would say this. The, the question is never how close to the... The, the fence can I get, you know, without getting in trouble? The, the question is, how can I honor God? Um, that's the right kind of thing. And so, and again, I think that, uh, I just think that just approach, like, I want to make choices that honor the Lord. And God wants you to be in relationship with people, friendship, and one day, the right time, the right way, um, a romantic relationship that ultimately um, is, I believe is with someone that you could see yourself marrying. If you can't see yourself marrying that person, then why are you in a romantic relationship with them to begin with? Just be friends. Um, but if they're the, mar- the marrying type, um, I-, I think it's really, Lord, how do I honor you? And then um, along the way, uh, just walk closely according to his standard. Repent <laughs> and endure and repent and endure. And it becomes this, this, this cycle of just staying close to God's heart. Yeah, that's good. Okay, for sure, I think that the the question's good. I'm going to answer a question, but I like the thought that, like, instead of how far can I go, asking the question, where do I go to to remain holy and pure? So that might be a different way to ask a question. But that to answer your question, let me just give you some thoughts. One, like, if the Lord were sitting with you, would you do it? Then two thumbs up, go for it. If but your if grandma, Lord, if your grandma was sitting next to you. That's right. Well, grandma might be a little much, but like maybe <laughs> mom or dad, okay? Like if aunt or uncle were there, right? Like would you do it? Would you be doing whatever you're doing? Um, I let me tell you, I did not do a great job with this. I wish 
I would have had the attitude, how do I remain pure and holy and just keep everything about me just as white as snow? Like, I I don't know a better way to say it. I wish I would have had that attitude all the time. The problem is this. We are not made to to, um, step back sexually. So the minute you cross a boundary... Like, the way the Lord wired us Or even human. a threshold, not just a boundary. A boundary implies, okay, I just went from right to wrong. But, like, right. even in the world, remember I said the line's a little, maybe a little gray. Um, because for some, this is the line for some. But, like, uh, the truth is I believe that there is a biblical line that's very, very clear. But the point is, once you cross a boundary, that implies wrong. A threshold might be another word of saying the closer you get to what might be the boundary, it, you can't go back. Yeah, Yes, what I'm trying to say is also, like, once you do something, that God did not create us to be the kind of people that say, I never want to do that again. I'm not going to do that again sexually. God created sex to be this awesome gift. It's incredible. It's amazing. It should be the best thing ever. Within the context of marriage. When it's outside of marriage, it isn't the way God intended it to be. So when we do when we do anything sexual outside of marriage, I'm not even talking about having sex. When we're sexual outside of marriage, we start walking down a path that we are not created to go rewind in. We are only created to go fast forward in. So the question I think needs to be like, do I want to start down this? Not do I want to. That's the wrong question. We know you want to. Should I start down this train because I'm not, like, listen, I'm not created to go in reverse. The other thing I would say to you is, like, sex is, the way that God designed sex, it's meant to be an intimate thing. It's spiritual. It's two people becoming one. Before you're married, anything you do sexually trains yourself, your body, your psyche, and your physiological person to crave intensity. So we experience all these things sexually outside of marriage, if, even if it's just like pornography. Let's just say it's not even with like a, a physical person. We train ourselves to reach these intense highs and get the next thrill. It feels good. And then when you get married and sex is great, but all of a sudden it's created to be intimate and connected, and it's beyond just a a high, high, what happens is our bodies go, wait a minute, what happened to the thrill? What happened to when I did it in sin, and it felt a certain way, and now it's blessed, and yet it feels, doesn't feel the same. It's not, it's not what I trained my body for, and so I just would encourage you. So then you go looking for it elsewhere. Yeah, then you, you know, then it ends up being unhealthy. So and I would encourage you with the thought that, like, one, once you get going down a road, you're not created to go in reverse. Although, let me tell you, you can always, you can always stop and start over again. It is never too late for a new beginning. It is never too late for a new beginning. So, like, you're not created to go and rewind, which is why you don't want to start going somewhere. But every moment is a brand new beginning. And then I would just say, like, Man, to be honest with you, if I could do it all, let me say this. If I could do it all over again, I would have kissed this man before we were married, but I would have ended right there. 
you know, like, I just would have just let that be the beginning and end and not like all over each other kissed him because I wanted to be all over him because I loved him and I wanted to marry him. I'm just, is that too much to say right now? Real life right there. Okay, all right. Just, and like, but, but just for what it's worth, like that is what I wish would have always been the way all the time. And so that's my encouragement to you. I don't even know if I answered the question. Oh, so good. So good. And we're 10 years behind you guys in the world of marriage, right? But um, the question is, what, where's the line? Pastor John said this a couple times last year, and maybe, I don't know if you were here or not, but this stuck with me the way he said it too. The question rather than where's the line should be when is the time? Because that time is, is really what it comes down to. You're, you're meant, you're created to experience it all in the confines of a covenant marriage. That is, when that time is right, it's supposed to be a huge blessing and not a burden. The other thing is this. There's this weird funky world of shame. That, that you you know this feeling, regardless if it's connected to this or not, but I, I know it from, from wishing that I could, I would have honored the Lord more in our dating relationship and our physical boundaries. And that's funny you said that, because I thought to myself, what would, I, what would I have stopped with had I known on the other side, being married now where I do? It was that, I was like, I would have I enjoyed just some like, like, Kiss, like kisses that right were like here. everybody right stayed here. everybody stayed up right here right? everybody was everybody was standing up it yep, wasn't no, no, no horizontal right. that would have been enough absolutely Th- knowing what i know now yeah. i say i say that because sometimes like i really need a practical chase where's the line practically like where can what, uh, honestly that would be my practical answer because of what i know comes on the other side of, of, a, of a marriage and the intimacy that god designed in that but here's what happens we get this this shame cycle and we do cross a line, and then we start feeling bad about it and feeling dirty about it. And then, and then it's almost like we can't get ourselves out, so then we just keep going. Because it's like, oh, we already crossed it. We might as well, right? And I just want to encourage you, some of you guys tonight, you need to hear. And you said it, Pastor Marcia, but, like, it's never too late for a new beginning. And, and if you've gotten, you've got stuck in this shame cycle, whether it's pornography, like just you and you alone, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's something that happened a long time ago or something you're currently in, uh, it's never too late for the blood of Jesus to wash over you and give you a fresh start and, and break that cycle and those bonds of shame. And, and that's what I want to, I want to, we'll probably end with that tonight because of that being such a, uh, a big thing that I know a lot of you, you know, even in a relationship right now, uh, that you need to hear God saying that tonight you can start fresh and receive that grace of, of fresh and walk in it. And, and then if you aren't in a relationship yet, um, to be hearing these words of wisdom. That, like, it's really hard to go rewind. You can't go rewind. So so, so think more through the lens of, like, when, when is the time, not where's the line that I could go up to. I want to honor God, and I want to honor her, and I want to honor her family. And I really want a healthy, thriving, intimate marriage that's honoring God and, and blessing each other. And it does impact things in your marriage. The, the world will want to create this weird, crazy lie that's like, don't worry about any of it. Enjoy it up now. Live it up now. It's not going to affect anything later. It will. And, and I'm telling you, uh, that, that would be, God has redeemed me. He's redeemed Holly. Uh, we saved sex for marriage. I wish we saved, I wish we saved more than the stuff that we did save up to that point. But, but I'm telling you, so clean, forgiven, renewed. But we're still experiencing, even up to this point in our marriage, there have been moments where because of, I know, because of not honoring the way we should have or could have in our dating relationship, it's caused complications at times in our marriage relationship that could have been avoided. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. I just sense I'm supposed to say some of you have been taken advantage of physically, and it's not that you've chosen to do anything wrong. 
but the shame and the reality of what has happened to you is affecting how you're viewing yourself and purity and God's plan for you. And I just feel like I'm supposed to encourage you tonight that what happens to you is not on you. And that, like, not only does God love you and his heart breaks for you, and that was never his intention for you, but also as you, like today, say, Lord, I want all you have for me, that all of that stuff that is real, and it's not that it's ever going to have gone away like it never happened, like all of that in God's hands somehow he can use. And so I just want to encourage you today, like as you said the word shame, I just felt like I was supposed to encourage that some, some of you, it is like you're carrying a lie of the enemy and it has nothing to do with you. You've done, you've done nothing wrong. Something has been done to you. And that is, that is not yours to carry. And so. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being spirit-led spirit in that moment too. Well, we're going to pray. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to do a part two of these questions uh, in two weeks. But before, before I pray, um, here's, I want to give some people an opportunity tonight just to say like, hey, I, I want a fresh start uh, in the world of relationships uh, or in the world of the physical boundary side of things. Just to say like, hey, maybe you've been struggling with shame with something that's happened to you that's out of your control. Or something that you participated in that you were, you know, a part of had some of that control. Um, I want Living Water Youth to be a place. I said this last week. I want to say it again. That this is the healthiest place that you can be to navigate the world of relationships. Like, listen, this isn't an anti-dating zone. Or like, you can only be a part of Living Water Youth if you don't date. It's not true. There's a way you can date and honor the Lord in high school. Um, I think there's wisdom in, in different seasons and walking with the Lord and listening to him and listening to counsel and people in your life that are walking with you and guiding. You're not just like, you know, going out like rogue, trying to do it on your own. Like that's, that's going to lead you into a place where you're going to wish that you weren't there. But this needs to be a place that regardless of the season you're in, single, dating, pursuing, wishing you were single, dating, pursuing, that this can be the healthiest in the light place that you can navigate that stuff without feeling judged or condemned where everybody's like looking at you, being like, what are you trying to do? This is like a holy place. You can't be here. Like, that's garbage. That's a lie from the enemy. That's the shame the enemy wants to put on this place and on you to keep you from walking in the light and walking in community when it comes to walking in love relationships and seasons of singleness. So remember that because you'll walk out of here going like, I heard some things. And some of it maybe might have made me feel uncomfortable about where I'm at. Let the Spirit of God convict you. The enemy will try to condemn you. Let God's Spirit convict you. But then keep coming back to being in a community, living in the light, knowing that this is going to be a place. I want your friends at school to be like, I hear that some of the healthiest relationships I've ever heard of are happening at Living Water Youth. And I also want some friends to be like, how come a bunch of people that are there don't need a relationship to be happy, but they're really happy and they're really fulfilled in life? But it seems like they don't need to be in one to be fulfilled. What's going on there? That's my prayer for this place. You have something to say? I was just going to compliment your pastor um, because he navigated this just like you are. And I love that you said this is the place that we can keep it in the light. And I think one of the most significant ways that he did that was he was often over at our house. Till often, 
Very early in the morning. Very like early two, in the morning. Three in the morning. Hours talking with either both of us or at times even talking with Marcia because she was way better at the girl advice than me. But um, but really just saying I want to honor God, but I'm torn. I'm you know there's this person that I that I that I want to be with, but they don't want to necessarily be with me. Um, you know just all all the questions you might imagine. You know, or, hey, you know what, I, I, I made a mistake. We, we've had all kinds of conversations like that. But, like, the reason it stayed in the light for these two is they chose to keep people like us in their life. And so my biggest advice to you guys as you're trying to walk this out, again, I love that you said this is not a no-dating zone. Like, it, it, this is a place for everybody wherever you're at. But, like, man, walk a journey with people like this. Like, if it really, the good and the bad, keep it in the light. Keep it in and they're on their radar, and let them help you. Let them help you navigate the ups and downs of all this stuff, and it will work out, I believe, really, really well for you if you keep people like this in your life. Again, whether you make the right choices or the wrong choices. Yeah. Well, hey, let's pray. Uh, I want to pray specifically for that, that group we just, we just mentioned. Well, everybody stand up to your feet for a moment in here. We're going to wrap it right here. Go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. And we are going to hit breakups and rejection next week. And I'm also going to hit, oh, I forgot to mention this, but this is already in my notes and I've been praying through it. Um, but sexual healing, like being God healing you through something that you've been, you've been hurt in or broken in sexually, whether it's something that happened to you or something that you participated in. We don't talk about that world enough, but our God that we serve is a healer. He is a redemptive God. There's no sin that he can't reach his hand into and pull you out of and say, I'm giving you a fresh start because I love you.